0: What messages are the Cowboys sending to us with the decisions that they made to fill out their 53-man roster, at least for now, Tom, as we get riled up on the Dallas Cowboys? It's a Thursday, of course. We appreciate you being with us. My man, Tom Rowe, your boy, Roy White, of course, discussing all things Dallas Cowboys as we get you ready for the regular season and the preseason is in the books. The Cowboys have solidified their 53-man roster, Tom, and we now get to settle in and Have some reactions to the decisions that they made, not only some of the positions that they went heavier on, A, but B, what type of message are they sending to us, Tom? And really, what's the overall theme in this year's roster? And Tom, of course, as he expertly does so often, has identified what I think is the key theme and focus of the 2023 season for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if I'd say it's the key, but to me it's one of their foundational things they've been doing for a couple, three years now. Um, They like hybrid players. Uh, These are guys that don't fit into kind of the traditional position slots that we think of. Uh, They they overlap. They can do two or more jobs on the field. and this oddly enough ties in. Well, I think it shouldn't say oddly. This really started happening when Dan Quinn uh, joined the staff. Uh, the Cowboys have always liked position flex guys that could switch back and forth, like on the offensive line. But these are guys that just literally their job is to go out there, and you look at them, and the the uh, uh, the opposition doesn't know exactly what they're going to do on a given play. Uh, it's, it's, I just, I'm kind of fascinated by it and I started noticing, uh, and I'm going to kind of start for those that might read the article, I'm going to kind of start at the end because what, when this really jumped out to me was when my favorite UDFA, my guy made the 53 man roster and that's Hunter. Yes.
0: You called it, man.
1: Yeah. I have been, I have been. Eager about him uh, for some time, uh, which, oh, I forget. Uh, and I noticed that it got cut off there on your copy But I uh, of the thing that I said to you. But, yeah, Levke really, he came on in that last preseason game against the Las Vegas Raiders and showed us what he had. Uh, just, he just was the star of the game. There's no doubt about it, outside of Will Greer, um, who did an, a marvelous job. And I can't remember. I think he's been
0: I picked up by the it. Bengals.
1: Bengals, was it? Did he get Did he yep. get picked up by them? Uh, I did. had seen that. Yep, he did. Okay. Uh, which I think is great for him. He, I think it was good to him to go to a fresh place after what happened. I'm glad they showcased him and gave him a chance. I think that probably had a lot to do with the Bengals jumping on him real quick. But Lepke was just – he was doing everything. He was running the ball, uh, got some long gains. He was converting some short yardage situations. And he had some pass receptions, uh, wound up leading the team in, in total offense scrimmage. Uh, I think he was the, both, of, both their leading receiver and their leading rusher. Uh, and that to me says this is kind of where, what the offense is looking at using him as. He is what they call an H-back. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's, it's a, a, a term that the Cowboys don't throw around a lot. But it's a guy who is both – he's a little bit of running back, he's a little bit of tight end, and he just is a weapon. Uh, he, he is the, the offensive Swiss Army knife, more than a change of pace back like Deuce Vaughn is going to be. But Lepke can go out there. You see the personnel package the defense does, And, okay, you know, he's going to line up. He's lined up in the backfield. Oops, he shifted out. Now he's an inline. Oh, he's going to be a blocker. Wait a minute. Is he going to be a receiver? You know, the idea is to sow uh, uncertainty in the defense's mind. And I think that was just what sold him, was that they they saw at last – I guess they've seen a lot of practice from him, but they they definitely saw in the – the game against the Raiders that he could do it and do it very well, at least against second tier NFL opposition. Um, going to have to see how it works when he's out. And if he goes up against first teamers, which he certainly will have to do at some point, but you know, it's, it's that to me just really made me think about all this. And so I thought, well, how did this all get started? And if you go back right after Dan Quinn got hired, you look at one of their very first free agent signings. It was J. Ron Curse, who is nominally a safety. But most of the time he's on the field, he's actually down playing a linebacker's job. That's what he's filling in there. Quinn knew him from the Falcons, knew what he was getting, and obviously had a plan. And Kirst just came in and had a huge impact from the very beginning. He was their leading tackler in 21. uh, And uh, he was third in 22 despite missing three games. And, oh, yeah, he's not just a run guy. He had three interceptions and 15 passes defended in his first two seasons. He is an all-around player who can – you can't go out there and say, okay, they've got the run defender out there, so let's pick up. No, well, okay, a guy's pretty good on pass defense too. And he can go out there when they're looking for the pass and be there if they try to cross you up. So I think he was he was a tremendous value, clearly. Uh, he brought some great leadership into the the secondary too. But he kind of got this ball rolling, and it didn't take him long to double down on it because the first pick of the 19, of the 2021 NFL draft, they picked Micah Parsons, who, as I've borrowed from the site OurLads.com, is listed at a Leo, which is, by definition, a hybrid defensive end linebacker who normally takes a two-point stance in the pass rush which, of course, is what Parsons does so well. As a matter of fact, he was so well at in training camp, he did it so well that they had trouble with their offensive practice. They were having trouble executing the plays because Parsons was all over Dak Prescott on a lot of plays when they had the first teamers out there. You know, he, he had 13.5 sacks his, his rookie year, 13 last season, And he is primed, I think, to have a better season this year. Uh, So all of a sudden this is starting to work out, you know, because Parsons has been the star of the defense since he joined the team. Uh, And they've just kept doing it. Uh, You got Chauncey Goldston, uh, who interestingly enough, I went and looked at his Wikipedia page to see how they listed him. They still had him as a defensive end, but on the 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 our lad's depth chart. He's got him a defensive tackle. That's what the team's using him as. Um, I went in and tried to correct Wikipedia. I hope that worked right. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> but he he is that that three tech now. Who's kind of light, but boy, can he get after the passer. So on passing downs, they've got him as a as a tool, and you know can use him on the NASCAR packages and stuff. And still have a guy who's not too bad against the run, too. Um, They made a literal switch of position with Marquise Bell. Uh, Once they decided they were going to move on from Jabril Cox, and he declined, I guess, signing back to the Cowboys practice squad, which may be a good decision on his part. Go to, you know, fresh starts are a good thing sometimes for these football players. But you know, that that still gives the Cowboys just four linebackers, which is very light. which is how Dan Quinn likes it. He'll often just roll Layton Vanderish or Damone Clark out there. But Bell can come in and kind of play that role J-Ron does. So that's a little depth for that. Uh, so that's that's that was actually what I think DeMarvion Overshone was in line to do. And then the Seattle Seahawks turf got him, which I'm still wondering whether there's really a problem with that. It seems bad. It seems to me that they've got a really bad reputation. Anyway, so it's just, you know, you're going to see this. And, you know, they lost another player, too, in that same game, John Stevens, who was a converted wide receiver playing at tight end. Mm Mm-hmm. They're really doing some things with these guys to get some more use out of. And and then they came in, Viliami Fajoko, or Junior Fajoko, as a lot of people like to refer to him. He's kind of doing the same thing Chauncey Golson did. Came in as a draft as a defensive end out of college, and now they've got him in the defensive tackle room. You know? Um, And they've even done something on the practice squad. They've got a guy named Tyrus Wheat that they signed back from their, their camp roster, uh, who is projected as uh, another Leo like uh, Parsons is. Uh, I think he made the practice squad because Isaiah Land was the Cowboys who got claimed off the of waivers, which is, yeah, they don't all get through waivers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what I think we're, we're kind of seeing. This is a different approach uh and i like it i like these players that can do so much and that give you that versatility the main thing is when when on defense which is where they're doing it so much is that you've got guys that have you know that they can they have both the run and the pass role so they're not such specialists they're more jack of all trades uh and you know like i said you know and, you know Most of the time you say a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Watching Lepke on Saturday, you know, he's kind of a master at some of these things, too. Yeah, he he looks special.
0: Uh, Granted, against second and third stringers, right, all that aside, admittedly, I think at his position, it's one of the ones that if you were going to say, you know, hey, I can see something there, even against this level of competition – that's a position to potentially be able to do it at. Uh, then again, I'm also someone that believes that like running backs don't 100% matter all that much. So I don't know how I reconcile those two thoughts. But then again, right, I know you've been a big lipkey fan all the way through this thing, Tom. And while I didn't think he would be here at this point, I have to admit, now that he is, let's roll with it. Let's see what he's got and let's see if they do have some plans for him because I, I have to believe, given that they made that decision, to run with four running backs, and then to me what I thought was a little bit light on the offensive line, right? Only eight offensive linemen with Edoga going on to the uh, IR to start the season, right? Um, no.
1: Or is uh, not it... Well, let's go. Well, let's go yeah let me pull let me pull it up and double check i didn't tell you that wrong uh let's see here pulling it up pulling it up and double checking it that way yeah the dogo came was activated they waved or released Adoga, doga and then had well, let's go on the initial 53 so they could then put him on IR and have a chance to bring him back later in the season. And Odoga was signed to the 53 to to fill that slot.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so it's Adoga, Bass, and Richards, who are the three backup offensive linemen that made it through to fill out the eight along with the five starters who we haven't seen this preseason. And I think that's a little risky there, Tom. I think that's a little risky.
1: Yeah, the one thing that's kind of glaring is they don't really have a backup center. And they signed one guy from outside uh, the organization, I think, uh, to the practice squad. Uh, His name is Sean Harlow. Uh, He's a veteran, uh, but he could be the backup center. And with the call-up rules, they might you know, pull him up uh, the first couple of three games to see how they want to roll with that before they have to make a final decision. They can use that, you know, for those that aren't familiar. Right now, the rules are that you can call up a player from the practice squad three times and then send him back to the practice squad after the game. He earns a game check. Great. All that stuff. And yeah, I'd be interested to see the contract details on Harlow. Are they paying it like if they do some? Are they paying him nearly uh, his, what he would make if he was signed to the roster anyway? And mm-hmm. uh, did they guarantee him some money? Uh, yeah, I think he's their their first attempt at solving that particular problem because it is a concern. Uh, I, I was I was really worried about that that lack of depth on the O-line, and I'm hoping they've got this plan in place, and I hope it works.
0: Well, speaking of, they did not keep Brock Hoffman on the 53, but he is coming back to the practice squad. Uh, same situation with C.J. Goodwin, the special teams ace, decided mm-hmm. to come back to the Cowboys as a practice squad player. Uh, they will also welcome back Sean McKeon, Who did not make the 53 man, and that was another spot they went. Maybe a little bit light in some people's minds with just three tight ends. But McKeon will come back at least to help within in the building, along with Princeton Fant, as you mentioned earlier, who's going to be there on the practice squad as well. So just a couple of names there. Uh, That's not all the practice squad list guys just yet. We'll get to the rest of them, but those are a few of them there uh, along the line and they're uh, amongst the guys that we have discussed in the past, Tom, and been interested in.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm, I was, I was like some people I thought, you know, Josh Butler uh, deserved to get on the practice squad. A lot of people were thinking he had a crack at making the fifty-three, but this—I think—numbers got them. Um, I, you know, I do think that if they have to, if they decide to activate anybody up, uh, you know, will Eric Scott be the guy that has to be waived, and they hope to get him back to the practice squad? And they also brought in uh, in a, a weird trade for with they sent Kelvin Joseph uh was it the falcon no the dolphins I believe they picked up a guy named Noah and I'm gonna try this I can't say it I'm just calling him Noah Iggy. <laughs> oh, I it I Benegway yeah I yeah. I, tr- I said it before the before we started recording and it, just, it and my, my tongue just went bleh. <laughs> I'm gonna to try to say it now but he uh He's a uh, interesting because a lot of people are saying, well, they're he and Joseph are the same player, you know. Oh. And there's a lot of lot to be made for that argument. Uh, there are people thinking maybe he kind of fits what Quinn wants as a physical profile, but I don't know.
0: Uh,
1: that's Your one speculation made-
0: on my on my part here. This is just two guys who both organizations were ready to give a fresh start to. I think the Cowboys still had lingering concerns about Kelvin Joseph off the field, but mm-hmm. I think they were also encouraged to get him out there here in the preseason and hope that he did show a little something and maybe rebuild his reputation around the league. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, Iggy has not really done anything to stand out in his three years in Miami, uh, You know, doesn't have a whole lot of starts to his name, During his time there, I think he's only started five games. He has one interception in the 32 games that he's appeared in. So that is, uh, you know, I think a couple of guys that they're just moving deck chairs a little bit and trying to find if something might be there. So nothing to get too excited about, but at the same time, a piece that obviously we do need to mention and and tie into this conversation. Were there any moves in your mind, Tom? That surprised you or disappointed you? That the Cowboys made?
1: I was I was pleasantly surprised that they kept so many defensive linemen. Uh, they they've got eleven right now, which means I I really was concerned that both Dante Fowler and Neville Gallimore were on a bubble, just because of numbers. Uh, with Fowler especially, it wasn't talent; it's just if if they you know had only carried nine. Defensive lineman. I just don't see how they were going to manage to, to who they were going to move him in over, uh, but they've they've got eleven right now. So both Fowler and Gallimore are on the 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 roster, and that's an impressive list of names to me. Yeah, you've got Fajoko who is a rookie, but and and Mosey Smith is still coming along. But the nice thing is with Jonathan Hankins on the roster. Uh, they don't have to throw Mozzie Smith out there as the starter, being on the field for sixty percent of the plays or something on defense. He gets to season a little bit, and I kind of like that. Uh, and, and the secondary's got a lot of talent. Um, I think they're light on the tight ends, but I think they've got three. You know, they got they've got Ferguson, who I think is really good. I think. Schoonmaker flashed a little bit of what he is going to be uh in the last preseason game. And you know, Peyton Hendershot was good enough to bring back. Uh, you know, I feel pretty good about that room. I like the running back room. I like that running back room. I'm so glad to see Rico Dowdle make it after all his injury histories. I'm, I'm excited to see what Tony Ballard gets as a lead back, but I think they're not going to ride him as hard as they did Zeke because of Dowdle and because they've got a different change of pace guy in Deuce Vaughn. Uh, so I think they may give Tony a little bit fewer snaps than we'd see Zeke getting. They're not going to be feeding Tony and uh, as hard, and so I'm, I'm happy with that and love the wide receivers. <laughs> if that is the case, if they're not going
0: to give Tony a ton of work or as much of a share as Zeke, that means there's going to be a lot of work for these backup running backs. There's going to be a lot of work for Rico Dowdo and potentially Deuce Vaughn if they're going to have more than kind of what Tony Pollard's share was last year with Zeke in tow. Yeah, a, I could. That's a pretty heavy load for these young guys.
1: But yeah, but I, I see it as you know it, it's like fifty percent. I think maybe for Tony, the other fifty percent divided up between the other three guys. And yeah, two of them were rookies. Mm. down has been around for a while. Uh, you know, uh, with with the practice squad or with the team or on injured reserve. Yeah, it is a young, inexperienced bunch. But you can do that with running backs. I mean, sorry for the running back purists, but they are one of the most replaceable positions on a team. Historic, historical data shows that. And uh, I just I just want to see what they do. And if, if they have to, they can lean heavy on Tony because I think he can carry the load. It's just I'm trying to think of, you know, how long are they going to go with him because, you know, he's on that tag. They've got a decision to make next year, but let's just worry right now about what they're going to do on the field for the fall of 2023.
0: Well, they did also bring back the security blanket of Malik Davis there, uh, who's obviously spent a lot of time with the team now for three years, I believe. Malik Davis has been with the club, so that's good continuity. Yeah, he's on the Yeah, he's back in the practice squad. Yeah. Um, the wide receiver group. Right. Maybe a surprise here. Semi Fahoko not making the list. Jalen Brooks in. Jalen Cropper gets onto the practice squad as well. Uh, as, as does
1: Tyron Johnson. Watch him. I liked what I saw out of him is his, his hmm. time. But
0: uh, the Cowboys yeah. did lose last year's wide receiver preseason star, Dennis Houston. He picked up with the Giants practice squad. So they are going to miss him. But as you stated, right, pretty happy with the two guys that they got. And then, obviously, keeping John uh, Stevens around for next season since he's not going to yeah. get to play this year.
1: Yeah, on wide receiver, I think it came down to the fact that Jalen Brooks and Simi Fahoko were just kind of even. And they looked at the youth and said, okay, let's go with the young guy that already seems to be where the veteran is and see if he can then grow more. That, that to me, seems what I I, I think they were thinking with that decision. So, yeah, there's not a lot that I can complain about. This is this is kind of an exciting roster. You know, of course, we've got Trey Lance now. Uh, mm. And uh, which now with Cooper Rush as your, you know, seasoned backup, but with a guy I think somebody said he's, he's a high floor, low ceiling guy because what we saw last season where they had to severely – limit the uh, offense and you know he basically he's good on play action but on a design pass, it don't work too well t- most of the time. And somebody made the, the comment uh, that maybe Lance's floor isn't that much below rushes and he's got a lot higher potential ceiling. We've got to see what the fresh start and the new surroundings do for him. Uh, there was some, you know, he said that Dak welcomed him with open arms and there was, uh, I saw a tweet, they were at practice and they were, they were going through the quarterback drills with, uh, Lance was watching Dak do them. And they said Dak was telling Lance everything he was doing, coaching the kid up, you know, which I thought that was just says a lot about Dak Prescott. You know, you not the NFL Walter Payton man of the year for nothing.
0: <laughs> he is completely like for those that have even suggested and God, it's nauseating to be sitting at my office job and see on the teleprompter, not even knowing what they're saying, but just seeing the titles of all the Cowboys related questions that are asked, not in a serious way, seemingly, but still asked. How much does Trey Lance's signing affect Dak Prescott? Is it pushing Dak Prescott? At what point will he challenge Dak Prescott for his job? None of those are actually in play inside that organization. No. Not a a one. These guys are being looked at at completely different planes of development. Dak Prescott, face of the franchise, ready to be the starting quarterback, all that. Trey Lance – developmental drop in the bucket Okay. A, a wish upon a star that he could potentially be something and in no way does it put any pressure on Dak Prescott to perform going forward to keep Trey Lance at bay like Trey Lance at this point is about again they're trying to accomplish two different things Dak Prescott's trying to win a championship Trey Lance is trying to keep an NFL quarterback job
1: yeah Think of Trey Lance as Ben DiNucci with more potential. Yeah. That's that's all this was. Uh, and yet, it, yeah, they invested a pick because former first-round draft pick, and if he pays off, I mean, that would be really good for them. Well,
0: and what do I always say about these guys, Tom? Like, I think the Cowboys subscribe to this theory. No one ever talks about it, but I – absolutely believe they have a chart in their building that says what a compensation pick is worth and what the average free agent quarterback gets in free agency when they're available and like somewhat considered to be a guy that could start. And if that is the case, it's very reasonable to think that the Cowboys could have traded a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. And by the time he goes as a free agent, and signs elsewhere it's very possible that the deal he gets re gets them back a fourth round comp pick or better right like so they will effectively lose nothing by taking a shot at a lottery ticket here i think it's it's brilliant team building for both now and the future because of what it can potentially bring to you and it could bring you something much greater than a compensatory fourth round pick
1: yeah and i'm I need to do a, a see if I can do a real quick bit of research here if I can find it. Uh, I, I got. I'm going to. I'm. I'm trying to. And what I'm looking for right now is I'm trying to figure out because i okay. Is it something it, to do with the comp formula? No, I was looking at the fact that he's got two years left on his contract. That's what I was curious about. I was thinking it was two.
0: Bingo. So this year and next year, right, like there's more than enough time to um to find himself in a game or two, right? And if he does and performs well in that game or two, he could very well get a three- or four-year contract when he becomes available as a free agent. And if he does, that's – Potentially as high as a third round draft pick that Dallas gets back.
1: Yeah. And I think uh you know it's all guaranteed. So they can't get out of it. But if they start talking about extending him in the offseason, that means they think there's something there for the future and maybe want to get him in where they can have him at a reasonable cost. But, you know, he he might become, uh, you know, like a three, four year QB two for them, which I think is really what they would love to see happen. Uh, and, and let's face it. If he does get over some of the problems he had back in San Francisco. He is a lot closer to Dak Prescott than Cooper Rush is ever going to be, you know, mm-hmm. and I think he can they they would have to do much less to adjust the offense if if Lance had to go in. Uh, so yeah I I, I cannot I, I can't criticize them. I think it's an intriguing move and we're gonna have to see how it goes. But yeah I was I was kind of uh that was that was one yeah you know, I mean that did anybody think that was coming? I mean, I no. think there may have been. I think there may have been one or two people out there who kind of floated it on 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 X at this call now. Uh, now the Cowboys move
0: in the dark. The Cowboys move in the dark nowadays when it comes to personnel conversations with other teams.
1: Oh, let's thank you, thank you for saying that. Has that not been a tremendous change since one Mike McCarthy showed up?
0: It has. All been. of us. has been no weeks in that s- building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The telegraphing has stopped. Uh, and and I've, you know, I've got to think, I've, I've always, I, uh, just forgive me, I'm going to do a little bit of old man rambling here. The, uh, I started writing for Blogging the Boys because I was reading some really strange things coming out of these supposed experienced, knowledgeable beat writers. And, uh You know, one of the things they had, you know, that one of the big things that started me was to talk about Jason Garrett being a puppet head coach. And that was not true. And Mike McCarthy is certainly not a puppet. Now, he apparently doesn't have, has admitted that the signings are up to the Joneses with Will McClay, but I think the rest of it Like, this whole idea about talking about stuff, I think he's got to have had a lot to do with putting the clamps on that. And kudos to him.
0: I think there might have been some times
1: even where they
0: attempted to smoke out the people who were the moles in the building. I think not that long ago, maybe about within the last, yeah, about year and a half, two years ago, Stephen Jones and company and Will McClay might have been putting some news out there through different places to see what leaked out and what didn't. And they had a way of identifying that. Um, I've spoken to my friend, Bobby Belt, about that specifically. And he kind of believes that they did do something to that effect a few years ago as well to smoke out the people that have been notorious for sharing organizational secrets for for many, many years under Jason Garrett and, and years past. So that's a really interesting part of the conversation. But it is the really interesting part Of the season, Tom, because now we are officially into the regular season. Week zero, as we go into Labor Day, the first break as we have in a long time, right? We don't get to do this break thing too often as we haven't in recent years. Well, here, the last couple of years, we got this break. Enjoy your Labor Day and then get ready for the New York football giants. As Tom and I will get you ready next Thursday, we'll have a full preview to get your first look at what the New York giants will be bringing to the table, what's different, what's the same. About that football team up there. We encourage you, of course, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. They're blogging the boys. Make sure you hit it up on YouTube and subscribe for all that great content. And also check out bloggingtheboys.com, where you can find Tom's great article, as well as all the great work from all of our writers and podcasters there. Uh, hit him up at Tom BTB on the X Twitter sphere. Can't forget that as well. You can hit me up at RW3 on Twitter. If you want to get involved in the conversation, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the Cowboys final 53 man running back uh, final 53 man roster. Look at least (laughs) as it is today, Tom, because there still could be some moves to be made before they take on the Giants next Sunday night. But for Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys and we will see you next Thursday.